In this hour, a conversation about all the cussing in America. From the President of the United States on down, everybody's cussing. I mean, I'm not trying to be a Puritan, but is that how we communicate these days? Professor Emeritus, I see, I see people's head. <laughs> I'm looking out my window, I see people's head shaking. Yes, it is. That is how we communicate these days. Professor Emeritus in psychology at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, Dr. Tim J., says there are actually benefits to swearing. Really? All right, Miles, get the get the bleep button ready. Uh, here we go uh, with an hour conversation with Dr. Tim J about uh, cussing in America. Dr. J, good to have you on. How are you, sir? I'm darn glad to be here, Tavis. I'm darn glad to have you here, Dr. J. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, my, my favorite basketball player of all time, as a matter of fact, down the hallway uh, from this studio in my office, uh, sits a basketball. He gifted me as my friend many, many years ago, Julius Irving. Uh, so I've never had to call anybody Dr. J except for Dr. J, but now I've got another Dr. J uh, who was an expert in, in cussing, and I'm delighted to have him on this program for the hour. Let me start with two broad questions, and then we'll narrow as we move through this hour and get to a list of things uh, that I know from your research that um, that you find beneficial, at least the research finds beneficial beneficial about cussing. Let me just tease some of that up right quick and just tease the audience. Uh, cussing may be a sign of intelligence, we are told. Swearing may be a sign of honesty. Profanity uh, improves pain tolerance. Uh, cussing may be a sign of creativity, and it certainly beats throwing punches. That's just a tease for some of the stuff we'll talk about with Dr. J as we move through this hour. But I have two big questions to commence. Number one, how does one, I'm always amazed by, no matter what, I've been doing this 30 years, no matter what the subject is in this country, somebody is an expert on it. There is some academic somewhere who's an expert on the subject matter. How does one become an expert, Dr. J, on cursing? Well, I, I concentrated my psychological research for a period of 50 years uh, progressively answering uh, important questions about the phenomenon. And I, I, I don't think, I wouldn't call myself an expert as much as a scholar or a pioneer, but, you know, that's, uh, other people have called me an expert. But mm -hmm. any, it's just diligence. It's just hard work and, and, you know, doing the hard work. Yep. So uh, my next question, what, what fascinated you enough uh, or, or, or uh, so much you were fascinated by uh, the notion of, of cursing in American public, swearing in, in, in America, that you spent all those decades, all those years researching and working on it? Why were you so fascinated by it? Well, I was raised in a re very religious, strict, conservative family, and it was you, you always had to learn what not to do, what mm -hmm. not to say, how to dress. And so that, you know, finding that that gray area in between what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, as a kid, that fascinated me. And then I became very interested in comedy and film. I, I was interested in people like Mae West, Red Fox, um, uh, uh, Richard Pryor, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, you know, like those kind of people. That was through my teenage years. When I got to college, I I took a course in uh, language and communication and, and started reading about taboos, mm -hmm. uh, things you're not supposed to say, like mentioning the dead or in other cultures, you know, uh, saying thing, you know, sailors saying certain things, and that that concept of taboo really struck me. When I got to graduate school, I realized nobody had really done any serious uh, like 
scholarly work on this, and that's why I, I decided to dedicate myself to finding out as much as I could about it no, I'm glad I kicked the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you did. Uh, I'm glad you uh, made it your life's work and, uh, and, and, and witness because it gives me an expert. Uh, you, you don't like that word, but you are a scholar uh, to talk about in this hour about why there's so much cussing in our society these days. It's just it's just commonplace. I was laughing. Miles, my board op, and I were laughing when you mentioned Mae West and Red Fox, Richard Pryor. That's some good cussing right there. That's some real good cussing. Mae West, Red Fox, and Richard Pryor. So you picked the right ones to study. Just getting started in this hour, we're talking about why uh, cursing, swearing is such a phenomenon in this country and everybody's doing it uh, with uh, with ease. Uh, it, these words just roll off our lips and you're hearing it from the president on down. Everybody just peppering our language more than more with these curse words and all this swearing. And I want to know what that's about. And here comes uh, this scholar, uh, Dr. Tim Jay, who has studied this for years, who can tell us why we curse. Uh, and that's the first question we'll ask when we come forward. Why do we swear? Our guest, Dr. Tim Jay, right now on Tavis Smile. Interrogating and unpacking. That's what we do around here. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. More of uh, Dr. Tim Jay right about now. I was just laughing uh, in, in studio here. Um, uh, the good white folk, when they talk about uh, bad language, they call it swearing and they call it cursing. Uh, but Negroes just tell you, you got cussed out. Even, <laughs> even that, <laughs> it's just a different sort of sort of thing. We'll come to that a little bit later in this conversation. All right, Dr. J, let's get this party started. Tell me, you wrote the book, sir. You wrote the book. Tell me why we curse so much. Uh, it's primarily uh, emotional expression, and that works two ways. It's, it allows us to... Uh, Get our um, get our emotion out, and that could be surprise. It could be anger, frustration, could be sense of humor, and it easily communicates that to somebody else. Like when we're frustrated, uh, grunting or groaning doesn't really communicate to somebody else what you're feeling. But if you say a swear word and how you say it, it does. So we're the only animal that can do this. Mm. You know? So we've a we have evolved to do this. And the things that, you know, the things that we evolve, they're, they're assets to us. Otherwise, they would become obsolete. So I think you mentioned this earlier. One, one of the advantages is not only does it efficiently communicate our emotions to other people, but you, you, can, you can be angry at someone else from a distance, and you don't, you don't have to scratch them or bite them or hit them to express your anger <laughs> at them. And you, so you can yell at somebody across the street, or give them the finger, and they, you know, they they know what you're. <laughs> In, indeed, they do. Indeed, they do. When, I, I love the use of the word "evolve." When you say, "Let me unpack," let me give you a chance to unpack that for me. When you, it's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited already. When you say that, as human beings, obviously we're the only ones who can do it. Animals can't cuss each other out. They may fight, but they can't cuss each other out the way we do. When you say that we've evolved in this regard, what do you mean by evolved? Well, I think you can. I think if you watch how children learn how to express their anger, you can see what what I mean. How it in the beginning it's very animal like mm -hmm. for for infants. You know, when they get when they get at, they hold their breath, they throw themselves down on the floor. Anybody who sent their kids to daycare knows that the kids will come back with scratches and bites on them. <laughs> Little three year olds will bite each other. But once they, you know, by 
the age of three or four, they're starting to pick up how to express their anger with words. And so you can you can see as we develop, not only as kids develop, but as our species develop, and and had more more and more brain power and social awareness, we learn to use swearing. It becomes a tool. Mm-hmm. It, 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 emotions are tools to achieve um, either personal or social um, goals. So it helps us. It, it it gives us an advantage, like I said, it gives us an advantage of expressing anger, for example, from a distance. And you, you don't have to risk getting your butt kicked uh, by, you know, fighting with somebody. You can just yell at them. Um, you said earlier, I'm, I'm just trying to process how I want to get at this. You said earlier that it's not just the words that we use but how we express those words. And, and, and God knows I know that uh, because you can use words, <clears throat> you can use words and it can be sort of, you know, sort of uh, um, sort of generic, uh, but you can also put some flavor on it. Uh, the same word, but it's the way you say it. Tell me more about not just the words we use when we curse, but the way we use, the way we express, uh, the way we yeah, enunciate I- those words. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can think of the F word and all the different ways you can say that uh, in, in a happy way or an angry way. And I, I think of the term, uh, you know, SOB, you know, and you, you can be angry and say, oh, you old S- you SOB. Or you can be, you know, you can meet one of your old schoolmates you haven't seen for years and they're like, you old SOB, it's good to see you. So it really, I mean, the, the tone of our voice, it comes across immediately, you know, how you feel. When when we talk to somebody we know on the phone, you can you can tell within seconds if they're angry or happy or sad, depressed. Um, so that tone of voice is is uh, you know it's general in all types of language expressions, but I think uh, how you say a swear word um, will affect how somebody hears it. Yeah. Um, again, I got some broad questions here, and I got more uh, specific stuff as we move through this hour. Um, but speaking of certain words being taboo and what fascinated you about this and why you made this your study for decades, um, I'm, I'm curious to the extent you know, how did, this is a strange question, not the first or last strange question I've asked Dr. J, so forgive me for this, but I'm just curious as to how the words that we use when we cuss became bad words. Like, how did those words be, be become taboo? Does that make sense? Yeah, they're... Um no, nobody's born with knowing swear words. We right. have to learn them, mm-hmm. and so these are these are standards. They're conventions uh, created by what I call institutions of power, mm-hmm. and that could be that could be something like religion or a court or, uh, like you said earlier, the FCC media standards. They dictate what should and should not be said, and our parents when they raise us teach us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're reinforcing. I think primarily, you can look in the Bible or the Quran and see 2,000 years ago, the religious leaders um, forbid, you know, they forbid certain foods that we could eat. They forbid, you know, mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. And so it, go, it the, the ancient elders really started this. But I think it most universally around the world that these things primarily have to do with sex and uh, religion and uh, 
disgusting things that come out of your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are very primitive, uh, very primitive aspects of being a human, uh, and and that's that's why I think to the to the ancients, uh, these things were kind of uh, um, a puzzle mm-hmm. about sexuality and you know and gods and being punished by gods and so you know you can't say you can't blaspheme you know can't use profanity that's mm-hmm. that's religion. Yeah. And so it's lasted for thousands of years. Yeah. You mentioned the FCC a moment ago, and um, hopefully I won't get in trouble for even asking this question by the FCC. <laughs> but uh, this, this this conversation will eventually become a podcast. But right now, not on a podcast, you can pretty much say anything, uh, which is fascinating for me. Um, on a podcast, you can say anything. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you're listening to this program right now, listen through our app. Uh, people every now and then slip up and say a bad word. Miles's job is to catch that and bleep it before it gets out. Um, when he doesn't do that, it goes out. Uh, on the radio, when that word goes out, I get fined for that. The station that I'm on gets fined for that. On the Internet, when the thing is posted as a podcast, we can cuss all day long. We get no fines for that. So that's another issue we can talk about at another time. But here's the question I'm pushing toward. In a world, in a society where everybody is cussing, what do you make of the fact that there are certain words that you can't say in this radio conversation right now, or I'll get fined for it, but everybody's doing it. I just can't say it on the radio. You can't say it on the radio right now. Yeah, that's um, – and I wrote a paper on this uh, about about that subject matter, um, and I, I've had my research has been in front of the Supreme Court about mm-hmm. this FCC question. Oh, yes. It's, uh, it, again, it's predicated on the idea that words harm people mm-hmm. and that – you. you, you that if you say these words, basically uh, you're protecting children or innocents. Uh, so that's the that's the premise: is that if you let these things go out uh, over the um, airways, yeah. airways, yeah. That I mean, that's the. But I'm la- know, I'm laughing I'm laughing, Professor J, uh, because Dr. J, I'm laughing because, uh, for example, uh, just an example. Donald Trump says stuff every day that hurts and harms people, and he does cuss. But the stuff that he says that's most hurtful, that's most harmful, he doesn't use swearing to, to make his point. Um, so this notion that to let these words slip out over the air hurts and harms people not nearly as much as the other stuff that Donald Trump says. Yeah, I th- I, I, I agree that there's a whole question about this now and, you know, like the effect of these things on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, racist and sexist, you know, uh, uh, violent language, exactly. and its effect on people. Um, and and I, I agree. There's a bit of there's a bit of uh, hypocrisy mm-hmm. about some of these language standards. And the FCC, by the way, that that there that commission is appointed by the uh, president. That's right. So when you had, I mean, the the backlash on this uh, about the fines that came through George Bush, uh, and that you know when you have when you have uh, Republicans on there, the conservatives, you know they'll they'll tighten the screws mm. on uh, what you can say, and then when you have a more liberal president, you know the commission will be you know not so uh, nosy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a it's a political beast. The FCC is a political beast. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, speaking of the president, um, uh, President Biden has gotten pretty comfortable with peppering his word, his his uh, his his uh, uh, appearances 
and his statements, as has Donald Trump, for that matter. Trump goes a little farther. Uh, but both of them <clears throat> have gotten pretty pretty comfortable peppering their language with certain words that years ago you couldn't say. Now, they're not the worst of the curse words, but they, they do it pretty frequently. Uh, and my question is whether or not you believe that swearing, it's one thing to have a, a private conversation, and to your point, flip somebody off across the street or roll your window down and cuss somebody out in traffic. Um, that That's one thing, and I'm not suggesting that <laughs> that's acceptable. But when it comes uh, from elected officials, when it comes from government officials, when it comes from those who are in authority, um, not comedians, not everyday people, what, what's your what's your critique of this kind of language in our public and our political discourse? Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said the the word authority, because uh, it's about power. Mm -hmm. And you see this in any hierarchy. You see this in a hospital with the doctors swearing at the nurses. You see this in a restaurant with the chef swearing at the servers. You see it in the military. It goes down the chain of command. So though the people that have the power to say this stuff in public um, are they're the they're the ones that can get away with it. Mm. Whereas those of us who are subject to these people in authority or institutions of authority ha have to obey. And the people the people with the authority to do this, they show you they have the authority to do it b by breaking the breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. um, the flip side of that, uh, that's a powerful point. The flip side of that is you were talking, uh, this thought came to my head. Um, in the workplace, and I know this, and when we come forward, I may, as a matter of fact, I will. I'll tell a story uh, about uh, my getting in trouble for cussing somebody out in the workplace one day. I'll tell that story. I've written about it in one of my books, so it's not a it's not a secret. Uh, but there's a, the, 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 the story is that I, I got caught cussing somebody out one day, and that's what led to me, this is many, many years ago, it stopped me from cussing. And I'll tell that story when we come forward of how I got caught one day in a work environment cussing somebody out. I was threatened to be fired. Uh, I was able to hold on to my job at the time, I'm, and I was in the broadcast business already. Um, and I'll tell that story when we come forward. So hold on for that just a second. The, the point I'm pushing toward, given what you just said right now, though, is that everybody's cussing these days. And to your point, the powerful folk get away with it. If you're the owner of the company, you can cuss folk out. If you're the president, you can cuss in your speeches. If you're a candidate like Donald Trump is or not, you can cuss. Um, all kinds of powerful people, to your point, get away with cussing. But in the workplace, if you cuss out an employee, even though everybody's cussing these days, let's back up now. Everybody's doing it. But if you cuss somebody out in the workplace, then you get written up for engaging in a toxic for 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 being toxic uh, in the workplace. So I, I'm trying to understand why it is that we have evolved to this point that everybody does it. As we're going to talk later in this hour, you say it can be a sign of intelligence, it's a sign of honesty. Uh, it, it 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 shows creativity. But if you cuss somebody out in the workplace, you get written up for engaging in toxicity in the workplace. Why is that? Yeah, that's a, I, I've I've been in legal cases with this too. It it, it first it, it depends on the nature of the workplace. Like if you're, I I worked for my father who was a bricklayer. Mm -hmm. I worked with him. That is common to hear those guys swear. Right on the job. I worked in a factory. It was common to hear swear words in there. Uh, but you know, when I was a college professor, it, it, that's a different environment. Mm -hmm. 
So, but I, but I think you're right. We're in the pendulum, you know, where we had in the '60s, we had more of a free speech, you know, more of a free-going society. Now we had these ideas about sexual harassment and, you know, microaggressions, where we have, we're trying to, you know, protect people in the in different environments. So, it, you know, it depends on how our sensibilities change. But, I, but I, in the workplace cases that I've been on. It depends on the the nature. I would say that like the community that exists in that workplace. Mm-hmm. So that's why you get it in on a blue collar job, uh, uh, and you get it in the factory, but you know not 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 in a school. It it, it depends on what affects the normal yeah. person in that place. Yeah, I just think I just think we're all over the map in our society. We're all over the map in our society about where cursing is okay and where it's not okay. It's the same same everyday people. We're all everyday people. Um different environments, I understand that, but in some environments you can get away with it and nobody thinks anything about it. I mean think for example, very quickly I'm running out of time. We'll continue when we come forward. Think about about athletics. I mean just think about this. Oh yeah. Curse coaches cuss out players all day long. Players cuss out other players all day long. Players cuss out referees and umpires all day long. They get fined for it, but they cuss them out all day long. So in the in the world of sports or in the world of entertainment, it happens all the time and nobody thinks anything about it. But in other venues and other spaces and other places, you can lose your job for that. We're all over the map about this. Um, I'm glad I've got Dr. Tim J uh, on in this hour to talk about what all the cussing is about uh, and what it all means. Now, when we come forward, we'll talk about, as I said earlier, how cursing may be a sign of intelligence, may be a sign of honesty. It, it certainly uh, improves pain tolerance, we are told. It may be a sign of your creativity, and it absolutely beats punching somebody in the face, I suspect. And I'll also tell you my story about uh, getting caught on tape, cussing somebody out one day, how it almost cost me my job Um Uh, That and more when we come forward with Dr. Tim J on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like freedom. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. Black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. More of Dr. Tim J coming your way right about now. All right, Dr. J, let me jump into some of these um, uh, the ways uh, that your research suggests that cursing can be good for us. Uh, we'll, we'll walk them one at a time and you sound off on it. So the first, as I mentioned earlier, is that cursing may be a sign of intelligence. Talk to me, sir. Yeah, well, we we um, we wanted to challenge the myth that people who have poor vocabularies are the ones who swear because they they don't have enough words. So what we did was we had people... Um, Say, uh, name as many animals as they could, and then how many words, how many that can you say that start with the letter A? And then we had them say as many swear words as they could in, in one minute. And what we found was that the people who could generate a lot of animals or a lot of words that begin with A were the ones who could also generate a lot of swear words. So we showed just the opposite of the poverty of vocabulary. We showed that fluency is fluency. Mm. If you're good at if you're good at language, if you're good at finding words, you're good at swearing. And so when you look at intelligence tests, they're highly dependent on language. Mm-hmm. All the questions have almost all the questions have to do with language. And so to the degree to which language underlies intelligence 
um, that's what we were at, that the, the people who are good at language are good that's, at swear. That's fascinating. It's fascinating. So cursing may be a sign of intelligence. Uh, number two, swearing may be a sign of honesty. Talk to me. Yeah, that's not my research, but mm-hmm. I think I think this idea of like blurting out how you feel and using a swear word, it, it, it cuts right to the how you feel. It cuts to that primary emotion and it doesn't mask it or hide it. And so when you people like speak the truth, that's what we say, speak mm-hmm. the truth to power, mm-hmm. that comes across as being more honest than somebody who's like really hemming and hawing and not not being direct with how they feel. And that comes off as like uh, you're not being very direct or honest with me because you're not you're not getting to the point. Mm-hmm. We are told that profanity improves pain tolerance. Is that true? Yeah, this uh, that's a research uh, Richard Stevens, a friend of mine from the, uh, England, mm-hmm. and what they showed they used this test uh, called the cold suppressor test. So you've got to put your hand in the ice water, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever done that, but you can't do it for very long. It gets <laughs> it gets very painful. Yeah. Um, so what what Stevens did was he said he had half of the people that did that test. Um, it, they swear words, mm-hmm. and the people, and the other half of the people, they just said some other word that wasn't a swear word. The people that said the swear words, why they had their hand in the ice water, could tolerate the pain lo- uh, longer. They could keep their hand in the ice water longer than the other the people who didn't say swear words. Mm. And so, the, the, I guess the, the research suggests, or the argument is that the the pain tolerance goes up because you're releasing it. Through that expression, the the, the 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 swearing expression. Yeah, I think I think it's like diverting your attention yeah. away from the pain by the act of you know by the act of emoting and saying that swear word. Yeah, Who, I, we ask a lot of uh, years ago. I've asked people, you know, how do you feel after you said that you know, the swear word? And they said, you know, they vent. You know, they say yeah. they felt better. Yeah. Um, that ties into the story I'm going to tell in a few moments here about uh, my experience. I did not feel better, and I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later here. Um, the next thing on this list of, of, of the ways that cussing, cursing, may, swearing may be good for you is that cussing, we are told, is a sign of creativity, Dr. J. Well, yeah, I think that's, it, that's exactly what we got in the, uh, in the uh, word generation. And on it. We ask people. People generated a lot more animals mm-hmm. uh, than they than they did swear words, and it's a hard task to do because you have to remember what you've already said when you start naming animals or naming swear words. Mm-hmm. It, it, I would say try this sometime at home, <laughs> and you'll see that you you can. Most people generated about the same ten words, and then after that, it it got hard to find words. So. I think that, and yet I think that really shows, you know, to be creative, you're naming all types of weird animals um, in that task, and that that's a sign of uh, you're flexible and and fluent thinking, mm. which is which is underlies creativity. Who knew cussing is a sign of creativity? And finally, on this list of the ways that cursing may be good for you, uh, nobody wants to get cussed out. But I guess if the alternative is to get punched in your face, getting cussed out don't sound so bad, Dr. J. Yeah, I think, you know, when we see people 
resolving issues with guns Mm -hmm. or, you know, that going postal, going back to work with a gun, Mm -hmm. I would, it it would be much better. And even if you think about how we punish our children, it would be much better to, to, to yell at your kids than to beat them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, I think that, you know, uh, pretty obvious to most people that's why we've evolved this. It it allows us to uh, ex- express our anger without biting and scratching our, you know, like little kids. Yeah. yeah. Um. To your to your invoking um of of parents uh and parental cussing, I must say though, and I want to get your take on this, that one of my major 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 pet peeves. And I see it happen in all cultures, but I'm talking now specifically to my black brothers and sisters. I cannot stand it. It makes me crazy when I see parents in public places, in the, in the grocery store, in the shopping mall, uh, in a hotel lobby, anywhere. I can't stand it when I see parents at the top of their lungs cussing out their kids. I don't know what that does to the kid. And I understand we just went through a list of the ways that cursing may be good for us. But I can't imagine any scenario under which um, cussing out your kids is a good thing. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I, you know, you wonder if the, the people who would do that in public, you wonder what happens at home. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they're going to be, if they're going to be, you know, like lose their sense uh, in public to yell at their kids, you know, well, I would just say, you know, wait till we get home we'll t- and we'll take care of this. Um, but we found parents, parents are probably better off. Um, Finding some other way to punish their kids, especially it's yeah. so embarrassing in public. Yeah. Um, you know, like take something that away from them that they want, or you know, give them a timeout, or you know, uh, you know, they get uh, grounded, kind of thing. Better than swearing at them. Yeah, I'm... because those those scars run deep. Oh, you know, oh, we, don't we all remember our parents how they punished us. Yeah, and we still have parents today that soap their kids' mouth. Yeah. With soap when they yeah. swear. No, my um, my Angela, who I quoted the other day on this program in another conversation, Maya said to me many years ago, Tavis, people may forget what you um, uh, what what you said. They may forget what you did, but they would never forget how you made them feel. And I think that's true yeah. uh, for children as well. You keep cussing your child out in public places, humiliating them and embarrassing them. They don't forget that, and they hold on to that uh, for uh, for years, uh, if if not a lifetime. That that scars people. Uh, when um, you make them feel so horribly by humiliating them and cussing them out in public spaces. I digress on that for now. When we come forward, I'll tell you my story of how I stopped cussing many, many years ago. You're listening to Dr. Tim J on Tavis Smiley. From the Merck Park with love, love, this is Tavis Smiley. More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned in to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Dr. Tim J., uh, I am no pacifist. I am no snowflake. I am no shrinking violet. Um, if you cross me, I will get with you. Trust and believe. Uh, but I stopped cussing years ago, many years ago, because I was uh, in uh, a studio, this studio, in fact, many, many years ago when I was on NPR. Uh, and one of my producers kept uh, humiliating me on the air. And by humiliating, I mean that when we make a mistake in radio, we do a we do a we retract we, we it. We'll say three. Let's redo that. We'll say three, two, one. And we'll retract the we'll retract the, the, the paragraph, the line, whatever it is. And every time I was retracting something, he this producer kept forgetting or just being a bad producer wouldn't cut out 
the the uh, the countdowns. And so when the pieces would air on NPR, heard all around the world, you would hear me making these mistakes on the air with the three, two, one count in the piece that wasn't supposed to be there. Obviously, you cut that out. I got sick of that. And one day I just went off. I went I cussed him from a disgrace to amazing grace. And it turns out that my board op in the other room, who was not a fan of mine, although she was a board op on the program at the time, manipulated the microphone in the studio where I was cussing out the producer. And she recorded me cussing out the producer. She then hated me so much that she made CDs. That's how long ago this was. She made CDs of me cussing out this producer and distributed them all around NPR. Well, it didn't take long for the bosses at NPR to call me in. Uh, I almost lost my job. I got disciplined. They changed my contract. I couldn't cuss nobody out anymore. And this, the, the point of the story is that when I actually heard myself on tape, I'd been cussing, but I'd never in my life, but I'd never heard myself. When I heard myself on that tape, even though I was justified in cussing him out for doing that repeatedly, I wrote a chapter in the book, uh, Fail Up, uh, I believe it is, one of my books called Fail Up. And I wrote in that chapter that even when you're justified, you have to remain dignified. Even when you're justified, you want to remain dignified. But when I heard myself on that tape for the first time in my life cussing somebody out, I felt this small. And I vowed to myself then I would never do it again. Now, again, I will get with you if you cross me, but I will not cuss you out because when I heard myself and the way it made me feel, I said, Tavis, you can do better. And that was many, many years ago, and I haven't done it since then. But I, I tell that story because you said earlier that in your research, when people cuss, oftentimes it makes them feel better. Your closing thoughts, sir. Yeah, I think what you used the word justify. I think that's anger works that way sometimes. You know, like it, it, you feel justified at being impolite with someone who's offended you. Mm -hmm. and you. And that's why we use the word get even. You mm -hmm. kind of want to get even with them. That, you know, that's a lot of times when we're angry like that, we, we do want to get even. We don't want to fight with them. Sure. We just want to, you know, you want to get, you know, it's kind of like revenge. You, you want to get even with them. But I think what what sounds like what you experienced is you're, as you're listening to yourself, you're, you're sensing you're sort of out of control. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I think that's what you you know it's like yeah I I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that when when it comes right back to you I I did that in the classroom once and I I swore at some students yeah. who were acting up and they you know they're acting it really made me angry yeah. and I had to go back in the next day when I met with them I apologized to the guys I yelled at yeah. and I apologized to the whole class for for losing control. Yeah, no, I take your point. That's exactly how I felt. Uh, I've been delighted to have had you on this uh, program for the hour to talk about. Uh, why we curse and what all this cussing is about these days. And uh, people have to live their lives as they so choose. But I, again, I've been enlightened and empowered by this dialogue with this brilliant scholar, uh, Dr. Tim Jay, who's an expert, uh, even though he doesn't like that word on what it means uh, <laughs> that we're doing so much swearing in our, in our, in our society. Dr. Jay, all the best to you. Good to have you on. Thanks for your time, sir. Same for you, man. It was a blast. It was a blast for me as well. When we come forward, the best clip I have ever heard from a comedian about cussing. Uh, you can't do any better than this, uh, and you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's from Bernie Mac. We'll play. Bernie, we cl we'll clean it up, but we're going to play Bernie Mac on the MF word that you have to hear. If you haven't heard it, I know you have. Uh, we'll close that this hour with that when we come forward. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically blind. Black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. 
most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. We thank Dr. Tim Jay for that uh, amazing conversation about why we curse so much in our society. We were talking in that conversation about not just the words that we use, but how we use the words that we use when we curse. And no one has explained that better than Bernie Mac when he closed the King of Comedy show. Uh, here Bernie Mac is, in his own words, describing the ways in which black folk use the word MF. Because the word motherfucker is a noun. It describes a person, place, or thing. You know, when you hear black, black folk, we loud. That's our defense mechanism. We, we loud. We talk aggressive, you know. But get that talk. You know, we ain't going to do nothing to you. We ain't going to do nothing to you. You know, we'll tell you in a minute, you know, I'll blow this motherfucker up, you know. You ain't never known a black terrorist in the day of your life. You ain't never known a black man to blow up a goddamn thing. First of all, where you going to buy the dynamite from and from who? The first time he tried to buy some dynamite, he going to jail like a Just expression. I had a guy, man, when you, white people, when, when, you, when you see my people, when you see them in the social place, you see them in the mall, you see them in the bowling alley, and you might see three or four brothers together, you might hear the word motherfucker 32 times. <laughs> and you might hear just two regular English words. But the conversation makes sense like a mother. <laughs> Everybody can understand it. Don't be afraid of the word motherfucker. I'm going to break it down to you. If you're out there this afternoon, you see about three or four brothers talking, you might hear a conversation and it go like this. You seen that motherfucking Bobby? That motherfucker owed me 35 motherfucking dollars. He told me he gonna pay my motherfucking money last motherfucking week. I ain't seen this motherfucker yet. I called the motherfucker four motherfucking time, but the motherfucker won't call me back. I called his mama the other motherfucking day. She gonna pay like the motherfucker went in. I started to cuss her motherfucking ass out. But I don't want no motherfucking trouble. But I'll tell you one motherfucking thing. The next motherfucking time I see this motherfucker and he ain't got my motherfucking money, I'm on bus, his motherfucking head, and I'm out this motherfucker.